Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, November 23rd, and welcome to episode 146 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell, joined as always by Riley McConnell. And Riley, we are getting deep into the offseason here. It's I don't know about you, but it's starting to really feel like this is the slow period of the offseason where we're just waiting on news. We're speculating for some Blue Jays to do absolutely something this offseason, and nothing seems to be going on. But Riley, how are you feeling about the offseason so far? Well, there's not much to really feel about right now, Jesse. As you said, we're really in a dead zone right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're just kind of waiting for, you know, something to happen. We hear these, you know, kind of rumors going around, but nothing has really been set in stone at all. So, I mean, we look to other sports, hockey, maybe basketball, not my thing, but hey, like, look to find ways to entertain yourself. Uh, I mean, it's the Bloomfield Santa Claus Parade tomorrow night. So at least I know <laughs> what I'm doing. And I find that in November, too, crazy. Crazy. I mean, Christmas just keeps getting longer and longer every year. I actually had my lights up this year, Jesse, on wow, the, proud of you. 12th, the 12th of November, of course, has to be the day after Remembrance Day. Everybody knows that. But yeah, Jesse, just trying to find ways to keep ourselves occupied, man. It's that's that's just kind of what you got to do in this in these we'll call it these dog days of November. Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about you guys listening us. We got lots of stuff to fill up this offseason time because even though not much is happening, we've still got content we're going to go through. So we're going to touch on a lot of that. We're going to start today's episode by getting into the Bo Bichette trade rumors. Are the Blue Jays actually going to trade their best player? And if they do, what does that say about the team? What could that mean going forward? What could the Blue Jays get back? We'll touch on all of that here. Plus, there's Alec Manoa trade rumors. Plus, Riley and I are passionate about the Hall of Fame. There's some Hall of Fame stuff going on, some renovation updates. We've got some Blue Jays projections. We got all that fun stuff coming up on this episode. So if you're new here, please, what took you so long, first of all, but please like the video, subscribe to the channel. We want to get up to 500 so we can start doing these shows live on YouTube. And you could say you are one of the first 500 to Buds and Blue Jays, which is an honorable thing to do. But Riley, before we go any further, are you ready to get into it? Let's talk, Jesse. Let's get into her. All right. I got my friend Sarah here who gave us a little voice of clip. So she's going to let us get into the little trade rumors here. Let's hear from Sarah. Let's check into the rumor mill. Let's Let's check into the rumor mill indeed. Thank you. Appreciate that. And we're starting with the first one here. Rumor. The Blue Jays may be trading Bo Bichette this offseason. In fact, the Cubs have been interested. There's been some links to the Dodgers. This isn't just random internet people. JP Morosi of MLB Network has mentioned some of this. Scott Mitchell, the Blue Jays TSN reporter, has also said, hey, there might be some smoke here with the Blue Jays trading Bo Bichette. Riley, I want you to have the first word. When you first saw this rumor or this take come along, what were your thoughts? I, well, Jesse, it's it just I thought, no, this can't happen. Yeah. I don't think the Blue Jays will let it happen. Um, there are 29 teams in uh, 29 other teams in baseball that would love to have Bo Bichette um, in their lineup. And mm-hmm. I mean, these are these are big market ball clubs that's being talked about. I feel like, you know, there's always these rumors going around every year about big players. And, it, it you know, it, it's legit. I'm sure there are talks in place, but whether or not it's going to happen. I mean, the price that like we're going to have to get some substantial pieces back if this were to actually go through, which, of course, there's 99.9% of Blue Jays fans, the players like no one wants Bo gone unless it's going to be something crazy. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't think there's in 
unless you're getting, you know, two great baseball players, there's not an equal value in my opinion of what Bolbashek can do um, for us in his spot in the lineup in the way he um, could get on base and record hits, Jesse, that's it's super important. And even the power numbers are great. His defense is improving. He is going to increase in value as the years go on. I mean, we have him under contract. I expect that contract to play through. And I think we would be stupid uh, to trade Bulbashet. I agree with you, Riley. It kind of goes against everything we've been saying for the last year and a half or everything the Blue Jays management has been saying for the past um, while about this. And like, look, the Blue Jays have built their team to compete through 2026. That's when we have Boba Shed under contract. That's when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is under contract. Springer, Bassett, a bunch of other well-known Romanos on that list too. All hit free agency in 2026. There is no way the Blue Jays are going to do this unless they are absolutely blown away. And even if they are getting multiple top 100 prospects and stuff. I'm still not certain the Blue Jays are going to do it. This trade rumor makes no sense to me. The Blue Jays are here to win now and be compete. I think, Riley, if the Blue Jays do decide to trade Bo Bichette, you've got to trade everybody. You've got to trade Vladdy. You've got to find a home for Gosman, for Bassett. Like You are basically admitting that you need to do a rebuild. Like This is different than when we traded Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno last year. If anything... Lourdes Gurriel was a pending free agent. Gabriel Moreno was a prospect. We thought Dalton Varsha would be this high-impact bat. Like, trading Bo Bichette is not that. And I want to say, unless we get like a Juan Soto type, but even if we get a Juan Soto type for one year, I'm still not even sure that's certain for trading Bo Bichette. So I really think this is a dumb move if the Blue Jays do go that route. And again, Jesse, I think we're both believers that this this will not happen. But I mean, what what could you even ask or what would they even, you know, offer for Bo Bichette? I just don't think with our time frame right now. And yeah, you're right, Jesse. If Bo if Bo goes, then like we've kind of really taken ourselves out of, you know, any sort of championship playoff contentions, really, or fighting for you know, playoff baseball when we're taking away, you know, one of the best hitters in the American league, it just, it can't happen. Um, like I said, uh, and it wouldn't even be like, if, if that trade goes through and we get two great everyday players, I guess, you know, it still wouldn't make any sense. And then if you see two top 100 prospects, then yeah, it's a rebuild and you might as well trade Gosman, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You might as well trade the whole crew because that's mm-hmm. it starts it at this point. Yeah, it was Vlad's team. However, long ago, I'm going into this season thinking that this is Bulbashet's team, and you know if he's he's a guy who's you know if he plays every day and he's not injured, he's going to get MVP votes next year. His game has been increasing, getting better every season. His and defense too I, has gotten significantly it, better. Exactly, like, Jesse. There's no yeah. there's no sense. Um, if, uh, there's no sense in getting rid of him, and I don't think that that we will. I believe that he's going to be a Blue Jay to the end of his contract, and then we'll talk then. I mean, but we have him for the time being, and he's going to remain our shortstop. This is how you can tell the offseason is getting crazy because stuff like this is coming to the forefront, and it's stuff like this we're leading our episode with. Look, this rumor started from a guy, I think, who does the Locked on Cubs podcast, and he's just supporting his team. He's dreaming of players, just like we were last episode. We were dreaming of Otani, dreaming of Soto, dreaming of Tatis, Robert, all that stuff. So he was just dreaming of Boba Shett. And of course he was. Why would he? Now, I will say, 
I'm sure the Blue Jays phone is ringing and somebody's asking about Boba because like for the reasons you said, why wouldn't they? And I'm sure the Blue Jays are at least listening to those calls. JP Morosi points out the Cubs is a popular mix because they have like six top 100 prospects, including Owen Casey, who is a Canadian. And maybe the Blue Jays will just like the Canadian prospect that they have. And they do have some pitchers, but I still think it's ridiculous. And this is um, a quote I have here. Uh, from Robert Murray, who's an MLB.com insider. He discussed the topic about trading Bo Bichette, And he said, it would take a rather large offer for any team to trade a player of Bouchette's caliber. And perhaps the Blue Jays will get blown away with an offer, but he's still pretty affordable for the next two years. He's under contract. It seems very, very unlikely the Blue Jays will trade away Bo Bichette. So I think we can safely pin the needle in this that it's not going to happen, correct? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And even looking at Jesse uh, Bulbashet's projections for the 2024 season, you know, it has him at, um, you know, just above a 300 average and 20, 21 home runs. And even those numbers, I'll I mean, that. yeah, yeah. But Jesse, I mean, there's there's the possibility for t- between 25 and 30 home runs with Bulbashet. This, this is a bat that is laced with extra base hits. I mean, they're not always going to be home runs. Uh, well, of course, with Bo Bichette, but you're going to get a lot of doubles with him. And yes, the defense, uh, shortstop being a premium defensive position, man. I mean, and Bo Bichette, the way he's improved last year. I mean, I'm going to go back to and say one more time. I, I It would be, you know, a senseless move. And I, I still believe that uh, whatever rumors, yeah, of course, Jesse, there's 29 other teams that would love to have a player like Bo Bichette. You know, people are just talking. And that's the way the offseason goes. But I doubt any triggers will be pulled um, in any sort of deal moving Boba Shed out of Toronto. A uh, scale of 1 to 10, uh, Riley, on the 1 to 10 scale, how likely do you think it is Boba Shed gets traded? You know what? I'll give it a, you know, just to say, like, if we're looking at it from a 0 to 100, like, in say, 10%. So I guess 1. Um, 1 out of yeah, 10. Yeah, 10% chance. Honestly, Which, I think that's more than uh, more than I'd expect, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't like pulling in you and Isaac with all your half half numbers, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> 6.5 and 7.5. I just pick a whole number on the scale, Jesse. That's my style. Uh, it's 1 to 10. You can't pick 0. 0 isn't a number. It's an unexistent value. So 1 out of 10. And I, I mean, I'm not super worried. If the talks keep happening and, hey, like in one day, Jesse, we've, been there and lived on Twitter for four or five hours where the rumors get scarier and scarier. Um, I just don't think this is one of those situations. And uh, again, I fully believe that he's going to be our shortstop next year and that uh, there's still going to be deals made. I just don't think, and we know Bobachet is not the guy to move um, out, out of this team. And, you know, we can still, we can still make, potentially big moves. We could move a big player. I just think Bo Bichette's untouchable at this point. I think I'm with you, dude. I'd put the odds even less than 10% if I could. I just think this is all smoke and mirrors and the Blue Jays are doing something else behind the scene. And plus, who plays shortstop behind him? Ernie Clement? Like, not going to happen for this team. Um, But I want to move on to another player, Riley. Another rumor that has kind of been going around the Blue Jays rumor mill here. And that is one we talked about quite a bit last episode. But that is that the Blue Jays may be willing to trade their um their fifth starting pitcher, the guy we talked quite a bit about, that's Alec Manoa. And um, this is coming from MLB Rumors saying, quote, the Blue Jays are, quote unquote, open 
to Alec Manoa trade offers. I believe we had the conversation last episode. We kind of talked about, I thought, well, it's kind of tough to give up on a guy who's got, um, who was just two years removed from the season he just had. But I think you were in the camp more of, hey, look, the guy quit on his team last year. The guy wasn't ready to perform. You can't have a guy like that around. So what are your thoughts on Alec Manoa still? I mean, not much has changed, man. Honestly, especially like my thoughts will not change. I know he's been hitting the gym and stuff like that, and he could come out with. He has lost some weight. Yeah, I know. Hey, and that's important. That is very important. But at the end of the day, he quit on his ball club and he showed probably some of the most regression in baseball when a guy isn't 37, 38 years old. Absolutely crazy. Um, the season that he had in comparison to the season um, just before that. I think, you know, he could come back and, and, and be a good starting pitcher in MLB baseball. I just think that it's it, – I'm a character clause guy, Jesse, and I believe it's probably best to move him um, off of this team. And I know if you look at it this way, Jesse, and it's true, the last time we saw him in an MLB uniform, he stunk. And yep. that's how you're going to go about his trade value. Because uh, he has a ton of control still left uh, with his, you know, in options and things like that. I, I mean, he's his, his trade value is at an all-time low. If he goes back and pitches good as a good starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, which we won't see that. And I think even in spring, it won't matter. It doesn't matter until you go out in the regular season and perform. They don't put spring training statistics on baseball cards. It's the regular season that matters. And right now we're even less than that. We're in the off season right now. So yes, working out, super important, and getting your mindset in place to pitch well in the 2024 season. But as far as Alec Manoa goes, like there was just way too many wrongs he did last year too many red flags that popped up over a very short period of time for a young pitcher and i i just think his time in toronto should probably be up i think we should move on from him yes he did finish in the top three in cy young voting and then look what happened a little bit of rules changed in baseball you know some physical changes may have happened. Yeah, he put on a lot of weight yeah there's still a chance he goes in in pitches whether it's for the blue jays whether it's for one of the other 29 ball clubs that he's a competitive and good pitcher at mlb baseball i just think um you know it's almost an unwritten rule at this point um, you know, amongst the GMs and things. I think it's just the best thing for the team to move Alec Manoa. And see, that's where it comes a little tough, Riley, because look, I'm a fantasy baseball player. You're a fantasy baseball player. And, fan- and this isn't fantasy baseball, so don't get me wrong, but you do a thing called asset management where you take your asset and you want it goes through peaks and valleys. And it's like in business and in, um, the stock market and stuff too. It goes through peaks and valleys. You want to sell when the value is at the highest. Right now, the value for Alec Manoa is very low, dirt cheap. It's quite at the bottom. If the Blue Jays trade him right now, they're not going to get a ton for him. They might get a prospect who's got, okay, maybe hit 220 in double A, but you know, you like his exit velocity. Maybe he's got some speed. Maybe he's got some wheels, but whether or not he turns into a sure thing, I don't know. I'm thinking like when Devin Travis was a prospect, like that might be as high as you get for Alec Manoa. And we can't rule out that Alec Manoa will turn into, like, say, uh, it's a name you brought up before, but um, 
was it Chris Carpenter who was a Blue it Jay for a while? It was certainly Chris Carpenter. Yeah, Chris Carpenter who was a Blue Jay. He struggled for a bit. We traded him to the Cardinals. He wins a World Series with them. He's one of the best pitchers they've ever had. Like there is a chance Alec Manoa goes that route because he does have that flash of dominance in him. We know it's there somewhere. And Riley, I've always loved upside. That's why I've loved Nate Pearson for years because I've always thought these guys can, who have shown that elite talent are tough to find. And we have proven that Alec Manoa can show that talent. So I don't want to see the Blue Jays get rid of him, at least not yet. I want to see how he looks in spring, give him a shot in the rotation, assuming he's lost the weight, assuming his velocity comes back, assuming that slider is back. And I understand that that is a lot of ifs and a lot of checkboxes that need to go right for Alec Manoa. But I still think it's worth it to give him a chance to see how he goes just in case you get that ace pitcher back. There is going to be a lot of eyes on him. And I'm, there's already a lot of eyes on him. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I'm not hoping that he fails. I just think the likelihood he's going to bounce back and be the high-impact piece he was two years removed, I just I just don't see it happening. Is he? Could he be a... You know, at a replacement level or slightly above replacement level pitcher, definitely. But I just don't see him making that big impact like he did in 2022. So what if he has a season a lot like Jose Barrios just had this year, where the peripherals don't look as good, but he still put together some good starts? Say he pitches to like a high three ZRA. Is that good, or do does it need to be better still? I mean, hey, I will take that. A high three ZRA. You look what the high three ZRA did across the board for four of our starting pitchers. I mean, it, yeah, certainly, well. looks, it certainly looks good. Um, I would take that. I just think that that it's still, I still think that that's a far cry from, from where he's at right now. And okay. I mean, I, it, Jesse, we don't know what he's going to be like in this upcoming year. I mean, he could go out and absolutely dominate or we could be right back to where we were last year and i wouldn't be surprised if it was that or he could go out and be extremely average i mean it's a coin flip at this point with what we're going to get i like that he's you know making the physical changes necessary to get himself into good shape i think that's yep. very important but i mean i i mean i think it's a lot to do with mindset with alec manoa as well so i think i, I I hope that he's, you know, in a good place, you know, follows the December, good Christmas and and right back into the new year and, and has his headspace in a, in a positive spot and then looks, looks into this 2024 campaign with kind of a chip on his shoulder, but not in the cocky way, you know, just nose to the grindstone, head down, pitch well, sit on the bench, do your job, old school style like I like. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I really hope to see it be better, but a lot is going to have to come out through the offseason. And if if and when he does get traded, we'll touch on that as, as happens here soon. Riley, the only other rumor I had going around isn't necessarily Blue Jays related, but it's the top Japanese import, Yashinobu Yamamoto, who said he would, quote, prefer to play on a team that has other Japanese players. I don't know about you, Riley, but I can think of a Japanese player that the Blue Jays have right here that could go really well. Um, is this news, I guess, is there anything here? Or maybe he's just waiting to see who signs Otani and maybe he goes there. Is there anything to this? I mean, hey, he can hold off. I mean, this guy, this guy's kind of playing with house money a little bit. And I think it's cool. It's a sweepstakes. Um it is. And maybe he's young, he is, which helps. Yeah. I mean, and he's got he's got a high ceiling. He's young. 
Um, I mean, he could be waiting to see where uh, Shohei Otani goes. Um, is the pull from Yusei Kikuchi a lot? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the mean, thing you got to answer, right? <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of um, you know good uh, Japanese ball players in Major League Baseball, uh, Boston as well. Um, yeah. You, you know, Takayoshida, yeah. It, 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 like there's he he could land in a lot of places, and we know how um, uh, the Japanese players like to come over and play. You know, on California ball teams, you know, um, you know the Dodgers have had. Uh, a ton, a ton of Japanese pitchers. I mean, that also Seattle as well has had a ton of Japanese players over there. I mean, yeah, the West Coast kind of influence with, um, you know, being just across the Pacific Ocean. I say just across, you know, it being like the <laughs> yeah. biggest, quick drive, the, the biggest <laughs> thing in the world, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, just right across the lake there. But um, is is Kikuchi gonna? you know, be a big pull to get him to Toronto. I mean, it would be cool. It'd be a great story. Frankly, Jesse, I don't see it happening, but I don't think I, so either. I'm with, I you. mean, I, I mean, there's just, I, I don't know who he is kind of inner circled with or whether he even knows these guys. Cause a lot of the Japanese players, except uh, for, um, you know, a couple are, you know, above the age of like 30. So, I mean, different demographic as well. We can't mm -hmm. all we can't put them all into one circle because they certainly have you know come overseas at different times and and paved out different MLB careers and and I mean he's a newbie and he's gonna want to go where he wants and he's gonna get his he's gonna get his pick Jesse. So we'll see what what influences to go there. I'm still on record saying I think his contract is going to mimic what Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees, and it's going to be a lot of money. But uh, I know the Blue Jays will be interested. Let's see how this offseason points out. But he's got 45 days as of yesterday to sign, so he will be signing within the next month and a half. That you can guarantee. Um, all right. Well, that was it for all the Blue Jays trade rumors I had found. I'm sure other stuff will come over throughout the week. We could really use a transaction over here. I know I'm dying, but it is the holidays around the States. It's the American Thanksgiving. So I doubt we'll see much transactions this weekend. Maybe they'll pick it up over in the weekend. But Riley, the Hall of Fame ballot was announced, including some former Blue Jays are on the ballot. And I know we get very excited about the Hall of Fame and stuff over here. A couple former Blue Jays are on this list. Um, we had Mark Burley has been on the ballot for a few years now, but joining him for the first time are Jose Reyes and Jose Bautista, who are for our former Blue Jays. And I guess if you count our coaching staff, Victor Martinez is on this ballot as well. So Riley, I sent out a little homework assignment this afternoon. You and I both went out and we made our 10-team ballot for who we thought should be on the Hall of Fame this year. Now, um, I guess we'll talk about yours here first, and I'll throw it up on screen for those of you guys who are listening here. Um, uh, oh, once I hit the right button, that is. Yes. And uh, here is your ballot, Riley. So take it away. Talk about the picks you made here. So I don't want to go over everyone, but you know me. I probably will. I think that this is a particularly <laughs> weak ballot um, as far as a lot of guys go. But at the same time, I always like to pick um, 10 guys. I think it's important. Yeah. We're a big hall group guys. here, right? I, I t totally agree. Um, Bobby Abreu still has more time to get in the hall of fame, <clears throat> but again, I think he's a hall of very good. I'm going to skip over Jose Bautista cause we'll talk about him after Beltron. Yep. You could put him in the, the Astros cheating scandal or whatever. I personally don't. If he gets into the hall of fame, he's a, as, as far as switch hitting outfielders go all time with Carlos Beltron. I mean, he's in the top five, maybe, in one of the better kind of power speed combos of the 2000s. 
Beltre gets in, no questions asked. Three thousand hits, great player, absolutely remarkable, remarkable um, MLB career. Mark Burley, I want in the Hall of Fame. This guy pitched for a long time, won a ton of games. Of course, threw a perfect game. Uh, ex Blue Jay, Mark Burley, I think would be a unique piece to put in the the Hall of Fame. And of course, um, you know, I liked watching him pitch, especially with the White Sox. Nothing against my Toronto Blue Jays. Bartolo, I mean, is he going to get in? I mean, he pitched forever. Adrian Gonzalez, I call him a, probably a Hall of Very Good. Todd Helton, I agree with you on that. Yeah, get, this, get Todd Helton into the into the into the Baseball Hall okay. of Fame. Uh, the core, I hate the Coors Effect crap. Todd Helton had a amazing, amazing MLB career. Matt Holiday, I know you like him, Jesse. Frankly, I don't. He is 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 a weaker guy on this list. Uh, Tory, mm. Tory Hunter and Andrew Jones, you can pack them into the same deal, except Andrew Jones had a heavier bat. Victor Martinez, just not a guy who's probably going to get in Cooperstown. Joe Maurer, though, on the other hand, one of the best average hitting catchers of all time. You go down the list to say Pettit and steroid allegations, and then I'll kind of back myself into a corner here. Brandon Phillips, probably <laughs> not gonna, Phillips and Reyes, probably not going to get in either one of them. Now, A-Rod and Manny, I had, I picked those two. Jesse, yep. I mean, here's here's how I kind of, you know, a lot of people did steroids, and there's a lot of people not in the Baseball Hall of Fame because of it. At some point, you got to go, what constitutes doing steroids? Jesse, let's take player A. Player A has hit 50 home runs, and he is pure and clean. Player B hit 65 home runs, but he took – PEDs. Who's the better hitter? I mean, how many how many home runs do steroids actually give you? That's what um, you gotta. That's what you gotta adjust, it's, right? It's, it's a. It's a. I mean, Manny Ramirez is in the top fifteen all time for home runs and and hit for a pretty good career average. I don't have it in front of. Me. Go too long on this, anyways. A Rod is four home runs. As far as, you know, K-Rod, K-Rod is in the top five for saves all time. Jimmy Rollins, Hall of Very Good, probably doesn't get in. I don't I have no idea why James Shields is on this list. He pitched very good for about <laughs> three seasons, don't get me wrong, but nowhere near this company. Chase Utley, decent career, not in the Hall of Fame. I skipped over Sheffield, Sheffield PEDs, and he could possibly get in on like the second round, whatever you want to call it. But he didn't do enough with PEDs, as far as I'm concerned. If you compare mm. him to a guy like Manny Ramirez or A Rod, I want Omar Omar Vizquel in there. Eleven Gold Gloves. Yes, he played forever, and he had a I don't know what it said. I very bad OPS plus. But I mean, he is a defensive wizard. If we got guys like Ozzy Smith in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Omar Vizquel is kind of a you know couple decades version of an Ozzy Smith. Uh, Billy Wagner, one of the best closers of all time. Probably and the best lefty closer of all time. Probably the best lefty closer of all time. You're absolutely right. And right. I and I hate the discrimination against relief pitchers because they have a job to do too. And David Wright, um, great all-time New York Met. I mean, if they build a statue of him um, in front of City Field, I would understand that. But I don't see him getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And that's that's what I got. Those are my 10 guys, Jesse. I don't know if I went too long or short. Steroids is a big thing on, you know, in this era of, of MLB. And 
you know, let Jesse, we're wearing Jay's caps. We don't like A-Rod, but I'm going to be neutral when I'm talking yeah, about same. the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, I would be lying to you if I said that I think A-Rod was a terrible baseball player. A-Rod was a great baseball player when he was 18, 19 years old playing for the Mariners. You know, when we when we were just like crawling or I was crawling and you were walking, whatever. Like, this guy has had you know, a long and illustrious career steroids or not. Yes. You can put a blemish on that. The biggest one, like Palmero hit like five over five fifty. Raphael Palmero might have the biggest influx of, of numbers because of steroids guys like a rod. I think a rod doesn't take steroids. He still hits 500 career home runs easy. Um, Mm -hmm. he just juiced himself, but he was a complete ball player for a long time, multiple MVPs, and a dangerous, feared player in all of baseball. And Manny Ramirez, kind of the same deal on a different tier than A-Rod, but still did big things and considered a very clutch player. I see your point, Riley. I think a lot of people our age group are kind of, we're looking back at the steroid era and we're kind of being like, look, sure, they might have cheated. Like, if you want to put them in with an asterisk on the plaque saying, hey, performance might have been inducted by steroids, then sure, you can do that. But at the same thing, I think we're in agreement that it is time to let these steroid guys get in. I think you almost want to include Gary Sheffield, but he's on that fence line for me, where it's like he's going to be on the ballot for a while. He could get in on a weaker class, but we'll hit and see. But I'm with you on the other ones. I think the question I want to ask, Riley, is what is the Hall of Fame for you? Is it literally just strictly, these are the best players baseball has ever seen? Is it strictly a, you can't tell the story of baseball without these players, so you got to put these players in here? Or is it just like, these are the people we want to be role models. So you want to include in people who played the game clean, people who have no off-field issues and all that stuff. Um, Because there are some names on here, like look, Omar Vizquel and Francisco Rodriguez, both names you put on there, have had troubles off the field whether it be um, domestic abuse allegations or whether it be whatnot. So then you have to decide, well, is that the type of person you want in the Hall of Fame? Or is it strictly just these players were the best players? I want them in there. And I think that's where your Hall of Fame voting kind of needs to uh, align itself. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to get you know personal with, with any of this stuff. I look at this as, you know, as on the baseball field, and, you know, there are other stuff going on. But if a guy has a 20-year career, I mean, you look at those 20 years he played baseball on the field. There's a lot of crazy st- – man, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in these people's personal life. Some excused and forgiven. Others just simply cannot. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, if I'm going and I have – there's you know, you can organize it like this, Jesse. The plaques and the people that are already in Cooperstown. If Cooperstown caught on fire – and I was on site and I had the ability to say four, four baseball plaques in my head to tell this, basically to tell a story of baseball. I'm grabbing Babe Ruth's. Yep. I'm grabbing agreed. Ja- Jackie Robinson's. Yep. Good call. Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson. I think we froze him. These keepers for. Um, the baseball hall of fame. And, and if I had, if there was a crazy fire and I was first on site or something, it would be those four players that I would rescue their plaques. I mean, those are tier a tier for me or S tier, whatever you want to call it. And um, because yeah, 
at the same time, too, you can't tell the story of baseball without those players. I think that's important as well. Those big, big moments, you know, 714 home runs before anyone else had, you know, 300 or whatever the number was. Ted Williams, an absolute hero, Mm -hmm. goes and fights in World War II after winning batting titles, comes back and hits over 400, whether the year after or the year of. Uh, Jackie Robinson, the first um, African-American to play in Major League Baseball. And then, uh, of course, Hank Aaron. You could call him the real home run king. And a lot of I won't argue that he's not. Um, And he had a a historic career as well. So, Jesse, I mean, you can look at that and then look at a player like, yeah, Adrian Beltre deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And his story's a little different. I mean, he was a fun guy on and off the field. But we're out of the times of the the game of baseball story has already been told. The best stories of baseball, I believe, have already been told, sadly. Um, And that's what's wonderful. Disagree with you on that. Baseball is a wonderful sport, Jesse, but there has been it has a long history and there has been some amazing things happen, my friend. And and, you know, it's hard to top a lot of things. There will be some good World Series to come. But I think that the most amazing and immaculate stories are, are you know, in the in the distant past. And we'll look back on those, um, you know, with fond memory or, or not fond memory, depending on how you look at it or what the situation is. But, I mean, the Hall of Fame is going to include a lot of different players. Character clause should be included. But I believe, too, a lot of things uh, should be overlooked and, and forgiven and again, too, I do believe Pete Rose should easily be in the Hall of Fame. With you on that one, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So I'll leave it at that, Jesse. I'll stop my spiel because you also made a ballot. Oh, and I didn't include I my last one. I didn't include Jose Bautista. Again, same thing with David Wright. Much better career than David Wright. Well, not much better, but I'm going to say much better career than David Wright. We could build him a statue. We can put him on the level of excellence. Um, he was big for the Toronto Blue Jays, but again... Um, will he find his plaque in Cooperstown? I doubt it. Still a great career. And for a five, six year stretch, one of the most feared power hitters in all of baseball. Yeah, let's talk Jose Bautista because this is obviously the name that might mean the most to Blue Jays and to Blue Jays fans listening. His peak, Riley, from the last month of 2009, so let's say the start of 2010, right through the 2016 season, was some of the best baseball we have probably seen from any player ever, period. That six-year span from Jose Bautista was phenomenal. But he didn't really come into that form until what? 28, 29 years old. It took him a while. After I remember he played for five, uh, five teams in one year before, including two trips, separate trips in Baltimore. So he was a late bloomer. And then his career also fell off fairly quickly. I remember he had stints with the Mets and the Phillies, and he didn't really do too well for them either. Um, <clears throat> where I want to give Bautista credit is he really started the high leg kick, put a lot of force through your zone, pull everything, try to hit it to your pull side, um, and really ambush the fastball. Like There was an epidemic through baseball where a lot of teams started doing that, and I think Jose Bautista was one of the forefathers on that, and that's what helped him cause to hit 54 home runs in that 2010 season, which is still a Blue Jays franchise record to this day. Um, I did vote for Jose Bautista, and I'll actually pull up my ballot here now so that um, everyone can see it. But it's... um. It was mostly a vote because I wanted him up there. Hold on. I just got to throw her up here. Here we go. Yeah. Because I wanted Jose Bautista up here. This is the first time I kind of went through a ballot and I mixed it with some guys who I thought 
are generally based on merit, but I also put it with guys I personally would just love to see in the Hall of Fame. So I won't tell you about who I discluded. I'll just throw out the names I have on here. I did put Jose Bautista in this. Adrian Beltre, which we mentioned was a no-brainer. Matt Holliday, Riley, is probably my favorite baseball player of all time. Um, little side note about me is I fell in love with that 2007 Colorado Rockies team, that team that um, won like 22 out of 23 games in September. They beat the Padres in a play-in game. This was before the wild card game. Remember, it went 11 innings. There was a play at the plate where replay might have shown his hand actually touched the plate, but at the time was called no. And then Colorado goes to the playoffs. They sweep Philly. They sweep Arizona. And they had to wait 13 days because the Yankees and Red Sox were playing a massive seven-game series. You remember that one in 2007. And then um, because of the cold weight, Boston ended up winning the World Series. But that 2007 Rockies team with Matt Holliday, Todd Helton, Garrett Atkins, Brad Hopp, Ryan Spielborgs, um, a rookie, Troy Tulowitzki on that team was some of the... Um, the most fun I've had. So I give Matt Holiday love for that. Um, Andrew Jones, no-brainer. Joe Maurer, no-brainer. I'm with you on the Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez comp. I believe you there. Again, Francisco Rodriguez, same thing. Um, his He has the highest single total saves season ever. I think that's got to go up there. Same reason I voted Billy Wagner. And I did give David Wright a vote here to put him into the Hall of Fame because his career was long and he was just consistently good. And he was good for the Mets, a bad Mets team for a long time. I think being in New York gives him the edge. And I think um, from all accounts, David Wright too, general good guy. So those are my 10 names I threw on the ballot. I guess you could say notable omission. Um, a lot of people do think Carlos Beltran is going to get in. I didn't put Omar Vizquel. I wanted to vote for Chase Utley and or Jimmy Rollins because those Philly teams in those years are both really good. But I just, I couldn't find a spot for them. So yeah, that's how my ballot shook up there. I like I like that Andrew Jones um, is a very underrated uh, baseball player. Uh, he played phenomenal defense and, and hit for wicked power too. Um, yeah, David Wright uh, played on some not very good New York Mets teams, but again, uh, Hall of Fame. You can look at it a lot of different ways. Is it what you did with the team? I mean. Yogi Berra was a great baseball player who played on great baseball teams. A lot of those New York Yankees guys. And maybe back then there was some influence, you know, some team influence. Oh, look, this guy won five World Series rings or whatever. And maybe that's how they got in. Uh, David Wright was doing a lot of the stuff on his own. Uh, he was, um, I don't know if they called him Captain America. If I don't know where I thought about that. It was something like that, though. Uh I remember that. I remember that going around. Something, yeah. something like that. But uh, he's, hey, he's not a bad choice. If you look, if again, a guy who played a long time for one team, and I love that. I love a guy who played for kind of a one team guy that you can look at and say, hey, from this era to this era, this was the David Wright era of New York Mets baseball. And, you know, him being one of their best players and sticking to it, that shows character clause. I like leadership, I like stick to itiveness. And I think he was a well-respected player as well. As far as his numbers goes, I have no idea what they would be. But if I was to think about David Wright in the New York Mets for, uh, you know, when I watch baseball against, a, I guess, a National League East team, I mean, yeah, a couple years with 30 home runs, Jesse. Finished with 242, uh, an 867 on base percentage. Uh, yeah, 14 year OPS, yeah. 14-year career, um, 15 games shy of 1,600. So, you know what? Even the longevity isn't isn't great because, I mean, it, I mean, I like to see an 18-year career as well, and I know that's really tough. 
Um, David Wright was was really good for for a while. Um, and if he if he gets in, I think it's going to go uh, probably a lot with the character clause and what he did for that one specific team. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And look, um, one more question before we move on here. Out of the three former Blue Jays on this ballot, Mark Burley, Jose Reyes, and Jose Bautista, um, which, if any, is going to get in? And what year do you think it'll be? I mean, I think realistically, uh, Mark Burley should get in. I mean, unless I'm drawn up some wicked, wicked blanks on pitch with the White Sox. He had a 16-year career, I believe. Um, he's a perfect game, never 20 game winner, but he ate innings, man. He, he, he threw so many innings for a long time. Um, uh, 3,283 innings in his career. He won over 200 games. I mean, I'm a statting, uh, counting stats. I think as a starting pitcher that 200 wins is so important, especially in this era in baseball. I mean, he did start his career in the early two thousands. I think, I think that amount of wins should should probably do that. And uh, the one thing we don't talk about with pitchers a lot, because you don't know how to grade them, is defense. Mark Burley, another good defensive pitcher uh, as well. Yeah, a lot of gold gloves for Mark Burley. A lot of gold gloves. Of course, never won, you know, a Cy Young or anything like that, but still was, hey, we know what Mark Burley could do. And we both were very happy when he became a Toronto Blue Jay. So I have Burley. If any of those two are going to the Hall of Fame, I have it as Mark Burley. Mark Burley, Jose Bautista, Jose Reyes is how I would rank them three there. And I do think Burley will get in eventually just because he was such a character, like in in a good way. He was a very good character and he did things differently. He yinged when everyone else was yanging. And I think there's something to be said about that. But let us know in the comments down below. Do you agree with our Hall of Fame picks? Are we morons? Do you think you could pick a better ballot than we do? Let us know in the comments and we could do all that there. Uh, Riley, we are getting into projection season. And um, the Blue Jays team that is projected right now is going to look a lot different, at least we hope, that it will on opening day. So I want to take these projections with a little game of salt, a grain of salt here. And I think we'll get into it a little better as um, we go, as moves are being made. As we get closer to the end of the offseason, we'll really talk more about individual individual player projections but zips is a uh, stat made at fan and they just released their thing on the toronto blue jays and i want to bring it up here on your screen what the blue jays zips projection are and as things currently stand for next season and i will just uh load it up here oh had it for a second Add to stage there we go so we'll just load that up and i know it's tough to see Oh, I got it, man. I got You got it I there. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. I Ignore the ads, but... Um, I got Hawkeyes, man. Don't you worry. So for those of you listening, I'll just run through it really quick. They have Varsho projected for 2.2 war, Springer 2.7, the outfield combination of Nathan Lucas, Kevin Biggio, and whoever platoons with Varsho there, 1.6. Bo Bichette, 3.8. David Schneider, Santiago Espinal at second for 2.5. Vlad's got 2.8 at first. Uh, whoever plays third, which right now they have five names. Addison Barger, Espinal, Domino Pal- Palagami, who's been really good in the um, AFL right now, or Elvis Martinez and Kevin Biggio for 1.3. Kirk and Jansen behind the plate, combining for 4.1. And then um, a whole lot of dudes at DH, because I frankly don't think we know who the DH is going to be for the Toronto Blue Jays next year, but they combined them for 1.9. The bullpen as a whole, 4.1 war. And then the starters, 4.1 for Gosman, 3.4 for Bassett, 2.5 for Brios, 1.8 for Kikuchi. And they're giving a 1.8 war season for Alec Manoa, and then a 0. 0.8 for Ricky Tiedemann. So um, any of those names catch your catch your attention there. That's a little better for the viewers watching on YouTube. They can see that. So uh, 
Um, what are your initial thoughts, Riley, I guess, on these war projections for the Blue Jays for next year? I love a whole lot of guys or a lot of dudes. Fuck God. That's, that's a, I really like that one. Um, I think they have, um, I think they have a lot of good, good stuff here. Um, the bullpen with four war is pretty good. It's funny that that's the equivalent to Gosman, but again, right. I wouldn't be surprised if Gosman had more and then going down the list from Bassett, Brios and Kikuchi. That's, that's pretty good too. Manoa at 1.4. I mean, that's we've touched on Manoa this episode. We've touched on Manoa. Tiedemann at 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 point eight is pretty good. I mean, that would be that would be something. And hopefully that's from a small sample size. Um, yeah. Like just just like just driving. Like shows dominance for like six weeks, right? That's exactly what I'm hoping for there. It's funny, our highest position player uh is at with Kirk and Jansen. And I would, but that's be, combined. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, that's what I'm saying is I would be inclined to believe that a lot of that is, you know, is Danny Jansen's doing as I think he will do this year. And again, Vladdy should probably be a four to five war player. Yeah. Uh, we want that to be higher. And that's got to be higher. Uh, Bichette could be a little bit higher too. Davis Schneider at two and a half war. It could go, he could, Jesse, he could finish the war with two war. He could or finish the year with 1.5, two war. He could be a four war player. Davis Schneider is is still just um, a wild card for us. When we do our X Factors video to start next season, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to lead off saying that Davis Schneider is, in fact, a big X Factor for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's pretty good. A lot of guys could be higher. I don't know what if you did this season with these numbers, what our overall record would be. Um, but I'm sure some guys will be higher. Um, I bet you we finish with a lot of replacement level guys. Um, I mean, if Varsho pulls off a 2.2 year and it comes down to his defense was a big contri- contributor to that. I mean, how did he hit this year or, you know, saying that looking back at the upcoming year. So, I mean, Jesse, these are just numbers in front of us. Yeah. At the but, end of the day, they mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, they're they're accurate representations. I just hope that Vlad can put off more than a sub three war season. And, you know, hopefully Bo, you know, puts up a, a, a more than four war as well, because Bo Bichette is going to have a great year. And I believe that he could be a five war player. And I believe that he will be a five war player. Um, I think we are, I mean, we are very high on Davis Schneider. I don't think like Blue Jays fans out there are high enough on Davis Schneider. Two and a half war that you could get from this guy from the power outbursts we've seen. And yes, he went through a bad stretch there where he struck out. And yes, John Schneider did not play him much down the stretch. I think there is still more upside to Davis Schneider's game. And look, I will remind you, I've said it before. I will say it again. No pitcher in no hitter, sorry, in baseball last year had more pitches outside, a more percentage of pitches outside of the strike zone called strikes against him in all of baseball than Davis Schneider did last year. That is simply not going to happen. And I do think the power numbers is real for Davis Schneider. Um, look, at the end of the day, I think Tiedemann's going to be higher. I, I think Springer might be lower than 2.7. I think Vladdy's going to be higher. And, um, I like the catching combination, though. It just goes to prove to you that the duo of Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen is really good. And yes, Gabriel Moreno was lighting it up for Arizona, and we're sad we missed that. The Blue Jays' catching situation is still fine. 
Like it's, and that's kind of my main takeaway from looking at this here, Riley. Any other thoughts on that before we move on to something else here? No, that, uh, I mean, Jesse, until we can look back and talk about those projections, because that's all they are, is projections. And you hope, Jesse, at some point that we're going to fill that depth chart out with another guy who's going to um, add more wins above replacement um, to take away from a spot where maybe it's a just a replacement level guy, like at third base or left field or, you know, insert other spot here. Um, I think left side of the diamond is a good focus point, though, and yep. we'll pro- we'll we'll dive way into that um, when the time is is ready. But right now, we're probably not going to talk about our needs and wants. We've already gone over that. Yep, and we'll touch on that again as things happen throughout the off season. Moving on to something a little more fun, Riley. Um, the renovations are going on place at the Rogers Center. This is stage two of the renovations plans. The Blue Jays did tweet out some photos and stuff of what it looks like. Um, every seat is going to get a cup holder, Riley. So I don't know how excited you are about cup holders, but not every seat at the Rogers Center had them before. So thumbs up from us there. And then one main takeaway I took away that I saw on the Blue Jays subreddit was that we are getting actual foul poles at the dome this year instead of the long mesh nets that have come down for a while, right? And um, the Blue Jays audio guy says he's actually going to try to get mics in the foul pole. So you might actually see a ball hit the pole and you're going to hear a loud dong at the Rogers Center, which I don't think we've ever heard at the Rogers Center before. And that was my main takeaway. So are you excited for foul poles at the dome? It'd be it'd be a nice touch. Uh, it'd be a nice hold, touch. The cup, the cup holders mean nothing, nothing to me. <laughs> I, I'm never not holding on to beverage, and if I put it down, it's because I've picked up some chicken fingers and my beer. <laughs> Sorry, <is>, yeah. <laughs> my beer is secured between my two feet on the ground, mm-hmm. and then that's will be substituted out eventually after uh, my tenders are consumed. But uh, foul poles are cool. Yeah, it's it's something you don't really think about, though, Jesse. It's something I never think about because you just kind of, oh, that's our ballpark. But it'd be a nice touch. Will be a nice touch. Another Blue Jays-related news. John Gibbons, our old manager, has a job back in Major League Baseball. He is now going to be a bench coach with Mendoza and the New York Mets. The uh, New York Mets come to Toronto. I believe it's at the, in September, but I'd have to double confirm that. But I do know the Mets are coming to Rogers Center this year, so we will get a chance to welcome back John Gibbons to the team. Um, Riley, are you rushing to get your tickets to wish John Gibbons back to the team or what? Uh, I can't say that I have, man. <laughs> Um, you know what? I did like Gibby as our skipper. Um, but you know, managers come and go. Honestly, the Blue Jays have had some very some all-time skippers. Cito Gaston is an all-time skipper. We've had a lot of forgettable ones. Gibby goes is not a forgettable one. Gibby has just been, you know, he's up there not by how he managed the game, but just kind of his, you know. Gibbyisms or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him. He was a character, and I think that's why a lot of guys love him. Um, he's got that southern he's he's got that southern accent. He kind of kind of talks like this, uh, you know. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna play some baseball and hope our pitcher goes uh, seven or eight innings. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that's Gibby for you, man. And uh, Riley, I could hear it. I could hear the Gibby in your voice. It yeah, was there. Well, he's he's a character. Let's just say that. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to have a little fun here. It is uh, Thanksgiving to our American friends south of the border. And although we are mostly Canadian listeners and Canadian fans, I'm sure we do have some American listeners. So happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, Riley, MLB.com came out with their one list of things that um, 
that all fan bases should be thankful for this year. And the Blue Jays one was, quote, we have a fan base that isn't going anywhere. And now I don't know how to take this because like the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, have had a fan base that no matter how bad the team is, they're still filling out their arena. And you could say that just Toronto sports fans are just very passionate about their teams, which is true. We're very passionate Blue Jays fans. The people listening to the show are very passionate Blue Jays fans. But I think there's more to be thankful for than just a passionate fan base for the Toronto Blue Jays. If you had to pick something, Riley, that you are most thankful for about this team, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a really good question. I, Jesse, am probably thankful for with this team. I'm thankful for the filibustering, young, <laughs> the, the young talent that has yeah. that has stuck with this team, and I that I have been excited for since you know 2016, 2017, 2018, and that has paved their way into Major League Baseball. I'm a guy who likes homegrown prospects. I'm glad to see you know when we were hearing about these guys in Double A that they've stayed and played with the Toronto Blue Jays, Kevin Biggio. Vlad, all those guys coming up and, and through our system. I love homegrown players, prospects to pro, and uh, I'm thankful for that, man. I mean, it really um, adds more of an element to liking um, a baseball team when a lot of the guys yep. are, are homegrown and not just bought players. Two things I'm thankful for. One, I'm thankful that the Blue Jays are spending money and that they're actively trying to go for a World Series. I was sick of those mediocre teams of the mid-2000s, and I will never take for granted making a playoff appearance and having a team that wins more games than we lose this. Uh, number two is Davis Schneider's mustache. Very thankful for that sick mustache. We love good facial hair over here at Bloods and Blue Jays. And um, number three, I suppose, I don't know. I'm thankful for dollar hot dogs. Let's give that one a, a little nod up there as well. And that'll be my thing. Riley, I have three more Thanksgiving questions in honor of American Thanksgiving, and you can take this in any way you'd like. But if you had to pick a Blue Jays player to be like the turkey of Thanksgiving, like the superstar, the one everything moves around, uh, which Blue Jays player would you choose? Well, I think it goes without question for me right now, thinking that it's Bo Bichette's uh, the turkey right now. Mm-hmm. The star, the king, the guy that's got it all together. What about the... Let's do mashed potatoes next. He's not quite the superstar, but the team is not complete unless you have him there. Is there a Blue Jay for that? Oh, man. And I love... Like, you call it mashed potatoes kind of guy. Like, if he's a Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes kind of guy. In a way, I really want to give this to George Springer. And George Springer has, has been there. He's been on this team for a while. Well, not, you know, not a super long time, but he's been here long enough. And I think he's a good complimentary piece for this ball club. I would give uh, Springer the honor of being the mashed potatoes. I like that. And what's one is the Brussels sprout. So the one that you kind of hate, but you understand is important and you still need it to complete the dish. Is there a Blue Jay for that one there? First of all, what are you talking about, man? Are you a Brussels sprouts guy? I eat. Oh man, did you? I love vegetables, so oh, I'm gonna. Pret- I'm gonna pr- first. I'll say who's the Brussels sprouts from Riley's standpoint, and Kevin Gosman is my Brussels sprouts in my okay. definition because they're freaking awesome. But Jesse, your definition of Brussels sprouts, I'm gonna say is Dalton Varsho. Okay, yeah, the guy who's important, maybe underrated, the guy you can't stand at times because of the bat, probably, but he still yeah. puts it all together. Yeah, but Brussels, just a reminder uh, to viewers and listeners, 
Brussels sprouts are an elite vegetable and no Thanksgiving dinner is complete without them. Oh yeah. All right, Riley, what about the cranberry sauce? If you're uh, into that sort of thing, I know I'm not, especially the canned cranberry sauce. I don't know about you, but uh, the one thing that is like, you don't understand why people like it. You don't want it anywhere near us. Do you have one? Oh, sorry. Santiago Espinal, I guess, is, mm. is cranberries right now because there's so much on the plate and I don't want to put it on the plate. And Espinal is the cranberries for me. I don't want it. There's too much on the plate. It can go without. And what about the gravy? I guess the last... No, well, let's not do gravy. Let's do pumpkin pie. There's something sweet that's just a little bonus that you want, that you like. Um, what do you think that would be on the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, and, and cliche, technically that's dessert. So we can give that a is pumpkin dessert, pie yes. to our closer, Jordan Romano. Mm. It would be like a pumpkin pie, the finisher, the closer. Now, you said something about delicious gravy. Yeah, I do like gravy. That's that's my yeah, go-to so, on Thanksgiving. So what, what would a gravy player, what would that be? Um, I think the guy that's just really good at everything that compliments it all. Because, you know, you kind of pour your gravy all over your whole food, right? You put it on your turkey, your mashed potatoes. You kind of let it get everywhere. If it touches your vegetables, so be it. It's fine. It's delicious. It's great. The guy that just gives you a little bit of everything, I suppose. Give give me Chris Bassett as gravy. Okay. Give me Chris Bassett like as the gravy. Our pitchers, our pitchers were too good. Not to be considered uh, part of a Thanksgiving meal, Chris Chris Bassett is certainly the gravy of this um, American Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do this during the Canadian Thanksgiving because that always happens during the postseason. And the last few times we've done this during Thanksgiving, we've been heartbroken by the Toronto Blue Jays and what they've done there. But Riley, great answers here. Oh, great answers there. I really like what you did. The crowd agrees with you. Answers there, Riley McConnell. That was great. Um, look, you can tell the off season is getting pretty wild. We're sitting here, we're talking about a holiday that doesn't even belong to us. It's the American Thanksgiving, not the Canadian Thanksgiving. And that's how starved we are for content right now. So please, Toronto Blue Jays, let's make a move and let's make a move sometime soon here. We really do need it. Um, one question before we go out, Riley, is what team do you think they're going to have um, Boba Shett rumored to next? Pittsburgh? Washington? You tell uh, me. No chance. Yeah, it'll be like... Um... We got to look at teams that don't really have a good shortstop, but I think I think the rumor mill might kind of kaput after this. I mean, the Dodgers and the Cubs is a start. I mean, where else would I mean the Mets? Like another big market. Yeah, they got Lindor though. Like you know, yeah, I know, right? The Atlanta Braves, but they have everyone in the league. So like, you know, (laughs) who knows, man? Who knows? All right. Well, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel on the way out. If you're one of our podcast listeners, please leave us a five-star review. Tell a friend. We really do want to hit that 500 subscribers just so we can start doing live episodes and doing live reactions whenever something might happen. So please make sure you go ahead and do that. Tell a friend and all that good stuff. Riley, do you have anything else you want to add before you get out of here today? No, Jesse. We hopefully will come back next week with some, you know, news or breaking news or That'd be great. A- anything. Hey, I'm down. I'm down for the small talk, man. But um, I would like to see, you know, some moves happen. Um, you know, we can wait for other teams to do things, but I think it would be a great opportunity to, um, you know, jump on um, a free agent or something, something, get the ball rolling um, because we have some spaces to fill. And I think there's no time like the present to uh, make it happen. 
Maybe the Blue Jays have been so quiet because Shohei Otani doesn't want any of his information leaking out and the Blue Jays are going all in on that. Who knows? We'll wait and see. We will see you guys next week, if not sooner, unless the Blue Jays do something crazy. We'll see you guys then. Thanks, guys.